Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live, it is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hi, this is Julie Benz from Dexter, and you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. Hey, everybody. Good evening, and welcome to our second show of the day of Buzzworthy Radio. I am your host, Navelle J. Lee, coming to you live right now. It's 10 p.m. Eastern Time here on the East Coast, 7 p.m. Pacific Time here on blogtalkradio.com. We are joined by Big Brother 10 winner. See how I'm dragging that out? I'm trying to drag it out so it, it sounds really important. But I'm failing. <laughs> so why don't I just say it? Dan is on the phone with us right now. That's right. Dan is on the phone. How are you, sir? What's going on, Navelle? Thanks for having me tonight. Anytime, man. Anytime. And uh, like I said, I, I tried to emphasize the fact that you won Big Brother 10, but I, I failed miserably by making that sound <laughs> really good. It's all right. You get an A for effort, man. You know, 10 seasons, who would, who would have thought it lasted this long? But, uh, you know, it's Props to CBS for keeping it going. I just, I mean, I was just sitting there on the last, on the last night watching it, and I completely was flabbergasted by the fact that you won by a seven to nothing vote. That blew me away because I've hey, never you, seen that before. Yeah, you and me both. You know, I was telling everyone, hey, they, they asked me, do you think you would have won? Do you think you won seven? I said, no chance. You know, when it got towards the end between Memphis and I. I thought it could go 4-3 either way, and and then the way it went, 7-0, you know, uh, it was very overwhelming, and uh, no complaints out of me, so. Nice. Hey, you, you made it that far, that's probably what you would have said then, right, even if you didn't win anything. <laughs> I got, got a little lucky along the way, so a little luck never hurts anyone. You were a little cunning along the way, let's just put it that way. You were a little cunning. <laughs> you have to but, watch what you said, I'm sure there's some students watching, so cunning maybe. I, I like to tell them that, you know, I, I had a chance to outthink some people and maybe study up on, on the game, and, and that's what I tell my students. So hopefully they're did taking you, note right now. Did you watch Big Brother before you were even on it? Oh, of course. I was a huge fan growing up. I'd seen uh, the second season, and I was a big fan of Survivor, and I watched Big Brother. And while I was watching Survivor, I'm like, there's no way I could win this. You know, it's it's out in the... Amazon or whatever the case may be, then I saw Big Brother come on, and it was all about manipulating people and, and basically psychological warfare. And I thought, hey, you know what? This game really comes down to smarts and how you maneuver within the game. And, and I thought maybe, you know, at the time I was 16 when I first watched it, you know, and I thought maybe when I turn of age and I, I get a chance to get on, maybe I could have a shot at winning this thing. And, and lo and behold, was it seven years later? No, longer than that. Nine years later, I won the show. I mean, it's pretty crazy, but uh, that's how it kind of went down. You never know unless you try it kind of feeling, right? Exactly, exactly. You can't be afraid to put yourself out there no matter what you're trying for, whether Big Brother or uh, r- running a blog talk radio show, which you do very successfully. So, you, you know, you can't like be afraid you to put yourself out there. For. <laughs> unless, unless people are telling you stories about this show that I might have to defend. <laughs> well, you, you know, I had a chance to to check out a few episodes, and, and you know what, you guys are doing your thing on this radio, and, and uh, you know, you guys deserve some props, so keep doing what oh, you're doing. 
Oh, well, thank you very much. Look at that. Dan Giesling is a listener of this show. I don't know what to say. That's kind of awesome right there. But I think there's someone else that might actually want to field in on the props. There is my co-host, Matthew Preston. How are you doing there, sir? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing out there? Excellent, excellent. Well, Dan, I have to say, I was one of the biggest Big Brother 10 fans. It was actually one of my favorite seasons. I watched your show religiously. I have, like, tons of questions for you. Tons of questions. No way. I never. Really I know, that. right? Go figure, right? So, <laughs> in the beginning, of the, sh- the beginning of the season, you totally kind of flew under the radar. How did you manage to do that? Well, I don't know if I'd consider it that. You know, right after, at the beginning... My cards got shown, and, and I was kind of on the radar. And then from that point forward, I, after I was exposed, I had to rethink what I was doing, and, and that's when I kind of had to slide under. And, and what I did was I started throwing challenges. And, and anyone who had seen the show or not seen the show, it's, the game is based on how you're perceived in the house. So if you're perceived as weak and you don't have alliances, why would anyone be motivated to kick you out? And that was the angle I was trying to play early on until I was forced to play. And I got lucky in the fact that there were a few bigger threats than me at the time, and and uh, I survived the wave. So, got a you little lucky. You definitely did. But I also want to know, in your opinion, who do you think was the hardest housemate to vote out? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I've I've done a bunch of these interviews, and that's never been asked. The hardest person to vote out? Wow. I would definitely say Keisha. That was a really? very def- difficult vote, but um, you know what? I didn't actually make that vote, so I don't have to worry about that. I, the show's so long ago, I can't even remember who I voted out. Um, <laughs> I'd definitely say, uh, becoming before that, I'd say probably Jerry. You know, although we we went went at it fist to cuffs in the house, he's a tough competitor, and, and you hate to end someone's dream because he went out third, and, uh, you know, it's tough to end his dream of winning the show, but it had to happen. Now, what was it like um, trying out for Big Brother? Like, what was what what's behind the scenes and behind the scenes of Big Brother? Let's put it that way. So you guys want to know the inside scoop? That's why you brought me on here. Okay, casting. <laughs> as much I can't tell you too much because Rob and Cass and her crew will get mad at me. But I'd been through it a few times. I don't know how many people know that, but initially I was scheduled, not scheduled, I was invited to go to the finals of season six, and at, and what they do basically is they fly you out to L.A. and they have cut down to somewhere between 50 and 80 people, I don't know the exact number, they fly you out to L.A. and trap you in a hotel for, I believe, 10 days. Well, at the time, they invited me out to L.A. to the finals, and I had a scholarship vacation that I went to Italy, it was kind of a culture exchange type thing, and and at the time, I was a, a young college student. I didn't want to give up the chance to go to Italy to have a maybe 1 in 50 shot at getting on the show, so I actually didn't go out to L.A. And then from that point forward, I was always back and forth with casting year after year, going to Chicago, and then finally the stars aligned for season 10 and went out to L.A. and got trapped in the hotel for 10 days or however long it was and talked about grueling interviews they bring you in front of a bunch of CBS executives. You sit down in front of uh, the executive producer, Allison Grodner, and her crew, and and you just got to be ready for all types of questions. And and basically you have maybe somewhere between 5 and 20 minutes per interview, 
And if you stumble or you don't give them what they want at that point, you can be cut at any time. So a lot of pressure during the casting, and, and you don't have any clue how you how you do. They don't say, oh, you're doing great, keep doing what you're doing. They just leave you in the dark, and, and that's kind of the psychological game that begins before you even get in the house. So Did was you there ever watching, watching um, Big Brother um, religiously before you got on the show, that helped you get where you were towards the end oh. of the game? Oh, without a doubt, you know. I had an idea of what the challenges were going to be. I didn't know exactly, but I knew you could count on when an endurance challenge would pop up, when the face morphing challenge would pop up. You had ideas because Big Brother does basically the same challenges over and over again in different forms. So you know when you need to study the order of the house guests getting kicked out or when you need to study the memory wall to look at the faces because you know you're going to see those pictures again in another challenge. It was in the house, as I kept going week by week by week, I'd think of the other seasons and what challenges they would have and when endurance challenges would pop up. And and uh, any time I, I had downtime, I would think about what would be coming up and try to prepare myself mentally for that. Hey. There you go. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt, but what were you about to say? Oh, actually, I was just going to know what the interview was. Uh, going back to the interview for Big Brother, what do you think was that one question where you were just like, Really? It's like, you're really going to ask me this? This is a little bit personal. <laughs> oh, man, you know, the casting process was such a long time ago. I'd have to think about that. A, a tough question to ask me would probably, you know, what I would be willing to do for a half million dollars. I think that was a tough one that they didn't yeah. stumble me on, but, you know, you really have to come up with something creative at the time because you don't want to say there's nothing I wouldn't do for half a million dollars because it's not that original. So I, I don't remember what I said, but I think that was one of the tougher questions I asked. What was the response like when you got home after after everything went down, got back home, what was the initial response when you when you faced everybody? <laughs> you know, that's the thing I have to laugh about on a couple of things, on a couple of occasions, because when I got out of the house, the second I got out of the house, all the house guests came up to me and said, hey, you know, you did a great job, everyone likes you, this, this, and this. And first off, I always tell people, going to the house, I thought I'd be lucky if two people liked me coming out of the house, my mom and my sister. And it, and it turned out that, you know, there were, I had a positive response from people in America. But coming home to my normal life as far as, you know, being a teacher and, and the administration and the kids, you know, they were all very excited to have me back. And, and they were all kind of looking at me in awe, especially on the football field, the first couple of days back at practice. And they're all staring at me. And it took me a while, but I, I told the players, what are you guys staring at? Still Coach Geesling, still your coach, nothing's changed. We'll so get to work. You know, after uh, the first couple of days, it kind of wore off a little bit for the kids, and the administration was very supportive. And, and the kids, because I'm back to teaching now and also doing some entertainment stuff on the side, but the kids always try to sneak in Big Brother questions in the middle of a lecture or something like that. And uh, I rarely answer because once they get one question, then they keep going and going. And, you know, right. they're all conniving in their own way, and they all try to be little dans. And sometimes they, they pull up some shenanigans that I couldn't even pull up back in the day. So it's a lot of fun teaching. But and the one of my back home has been great. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite uh, housemates that you actually went up against was the dog with the dog got ready. What was she, was she really like? Thank you very much. Was she really like that in the house on camera? Is that really Rennie? Yeah, uh, she's is, she is out of this world. The first couple of days, 
we didn't know how to take her. We thought she was joking, but I can actually think back to casting. There's a time when you saw people, but you weren't allowed to talk to them, and I saw Rennie walk by with some flapper outfit on, and I laughed to myself because who wears those kind of outfits? And I thought, oh, she's just playing this up so she gets cast on the show, and lo and behold, that's her actual personality, and that's actually how she is, which is great because she's who she is, and she's not afraid to be that, and you know, she is crazy, but those first couple of days in the house, I guess they withheld some, I want to say, medication from her, so I think that altered her behavior. But once Rennie became Rennie after the first week, you know, she's a joy to be around, and, and she's a great person. I was seriously surprised that she made it as far as she did, because I, I totally thought you guys were going to vote her out first or something. I mean, she was nominated first by Jerry, of course. So I was just shocked that she really got far. Well, initially she caused that, that fight with Jesse, or she was in a fight with Jesse. She didn't cause it. But after, besides that, she really didn't do too much to ruffle feathers besides make fun of people, uh, specifically Jerry. And she never really won too much especially in, until the end, so no one really had a reason to get rid of her. Plus, she was so well-liked and entertaining and always cooked, for especially the guys in the house. So everyone liked her in the house and, and never really had a reason to get rid of her. Is there any any? I have to know this. I I I asked this with uh, Sheila too, and I have to ask this now. Is there any embarrassing stories that went on in the house that you can tell? <laughs> embarrassing what we can't see, what we don't see on Showtime day. After Dark. <laughs> oh man, embarrassing stories. Let me get back to you on that one. I have to think of something in the meantime. There's tons. Oh. I, I could sit here for hours and tell you embarrassing stories, but unfortunately I can't think of a lot of, that I can tell or share that people won't get mad at me at this point. So give me a few minutes and let me see if something comes back to mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> besides, besides the teaching thing, you're also you're also a motivational speaker. Did I read that right? Yeah, that's correct. You know, and uh, we just started that up. For 2009, I'm going to be speaking at some schools and, and businesses across the country. Just trying to, I've had such a positive experience from this, and I've learned so much about it. I'd like to spread that to a lot of people, and especially students. And if they can get something from my experience that's positive and maybe change their life for the better, that's what I'm trying to do, and, and I really enjoy doing it. Absolutely. And if you guys want to call in here, Six four six five nine five four two two eight is the number to call in. We actually have a caller on the line from area code five seven one. If you really think I'm going to be looking for area codes and where they are, it's not happening. <laughs> five seven one. I have no clue where that is. I'm, I'm going to count on you guys to do a great job screening the calls. <laughs> <laughs> now you're now you're messing with me. <laughs> I've never taken. I've never been on a radio show similar to this where we've taken live calls. So it should be interesting. It's the first for me. It's a lot of fun. All right, five one, uh, five seven one. you're on the line. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Good. Very, very, very low. I can barely hear you, though. But it's a, Carly, what do you I want to ask? Oh, hello, hello. hello. Hey, I'm here. Oh, okay. You have Yo, a question for Dan? Yeah, I was just wondering if you still uh, keep in touch with Keisha. What's your name? Brittany. Brittany? Yeah. 
How are you doing today, Brittany? Tonight, where, where's 571, by the way? I have no clue what that area code is. Virginia. Virginia. Whereabouts in Virginia? Uh, about half hour from D.C. Half hour from D.C. Did you get caught up in all the Obama hoopla and inauguration and all that stuff? Uh, no, I didn't go up there. <laughs> you didn't That's go up there as a, as a madhouse. You were in a part of history. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm stalling. Your question was, do I still keep in touch with Keisha? Yes, I, d I definitely do. She's one of the few house guests that I do talk to. I still obviously keep in touch with Memphis. We talk weekly at, at minimum. We always have some crazy things going on, whether business or hanging out. And I talk to Keisha and Jerry regularly in terms of every few weeks or so. But other than that, you know, I really haven't talked to too many people, surprisingly. But everyone went back to their normal everyday lives for the most part, and some people lost touch. Cool. Very, very cool. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool for business. I think radio has really taken a turn for the interesting. Whenever, you, whenever people can just totally call in and talk to you and ask wherever they want, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. I can I can see some tough questions on the horizon, but hey, that's why I'm here. Yeah, one of the things that my co-host will tell you basically to stay away from the president election. <laughs> oh, I, I was saying very. Nonpartisan, just asking if she took part in the, the uh, festivities, because I think everyone watched on television. It was quite a sight to see, regardless of whether you voted for the president or not. You know, as a part of history. So, were you excited that he got in the house? Uh, I'm asking everybody because I am. But uh, you know, was it? Well, was I excited that Obama got in the White House? Yeah. I'm very nonpartisan. I don't endorse either McCain or Obama. <laughs> Yeah, this is great. It's great to watch. Yeah, you know, it's great to see a lot of young people involved in, in the political <laughs> process and things like that. But guys, we need to come up with some code word where if something now that everyone's going to find out our code word. But if there's a question that starts steering off, or we get a interesting caller, what's our code word? Pineapple? I don't. Do you guys have a code <laughs> word? Where you cut someone? Yeah. <laughs> Usually, you know what? You're probably going to hear a little bit. Um, I guess behind the scenes radio stuff with us. What we like to do is, like, we'll totally play good cop and bad cop. Usually, I'm always the bad cop, so I'm always the one who's like, hey, thanks for calling, and I cut them off. And I feel really bad if you guys do that. So, you know, Neville's usually the good guy about it, so he'll talk to them. But I'm like, okay, get your question in. So, hey, so if you guys right. on the show, good cop, bad cop over here. That's what we got going on. <laughs> if, if you guys are the cops, what am I? Am I the criminal in the back seat? So you guys are oh, driving. Oh, no, I don't know. I'm going to go wherever you drive this thing, huh? Basically, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time we've ever had that happen on this show. Is basically saying if it steers off, what what is a code word to use? I, I've never been asked that before. That's, that's new to me. Well, I guess I don't the know code word becomes irrelevant now since everyone's listening to it. So this is something we probably should have handled prior <laughs> to taking these calls. But it's all fun. I'm just I'm teasing everyone, and hopefully, yeah, usually the the fans come up with the best questions. So it'll be fun. They really do. They they impress me more than I impress myself when I do these things. So I don't, you know. So it, it's kind of it's kind of shocking what they can come up because it proves that they're actually smarter than those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have another question about guess what? Big Brother yet again. Your one housemate. I'm totally gonna answer the hard questions here. Gonna talk about Libra. Why do you think Libra was voted out of the house the way she was? Libra got voted out because she's awesome. I always told everyone, this, 
you can break the game down in two ways besides how you're perceived. One, that's in the backyard or in the competition. Two, your, how you're perceived in the house and how you get things done inside the house, not in the backyard where all the competitions take place. Libra was extremely dominant inside of the house, outside of competition. She could get things done. Libra could say one word, and it would spread through the entire house and would be considered the truth. She just had a way with her words. She had a way to influence people and a way to keep fires going in terms of rumors or things that were true about people. She was very, very dominant as far as manipulating people, and, and that made her a very dangerous player. And and she called my cards out very early. She she sniffed me out with America's player, and mm-hmm. luckily for me, she brought me aboard in her alliance. But if she hadn't done that, I knew she probably would have came after me. But I always say Libra is probably the most underrated player in Season 10 just because she doesn't get a lot of credit because she didn't do well in the physical or the competitions. But in the house, things you guys didn't see, things she could spread, was phenomenal. And, and I'll stand by that to this day. If Libra would ever get another shot at the game, she could have a shot at winning it if she could control her emotions in that fight, which I think she could do the second time around. That's for sure. Do you think she totally orchestrated the Jesse eviction? Did I think Libra orchestrated the Jesse eviction? I think she planted the seeds, but the person who actually did all the legwork was Keisha. Keisha went and rallied all the votes to keep Memphis in, and I think Keisha was the brain behind it. Libra might have planted the seed, but Keisha did all the legwork. So you know what? You could stem that back to Libra getting the job done without getting her hands dirty. I, I just a lot of people don't appreciate how well Libra played play the game. The only thing Libra overlooked was controlling her emotions, which is not an easy thing to do. It, especially when you're around all those people that can beat you down profusely. You know, when you, you're in that setting for for an entire summer, you, you know, emotions will run high. And it, you just had the look on your face where it's just like you're here to win the game, you're here to play the game, and you don't care, which is, which yeah, is kind I, of what I, the most anytime people would Anytime people would say things or start rumors or call me names, I'd kind of laugh it off because I was focused on one thing, and it was six digits. It was five and five zeros. That's what I was focused on every day in the house. So the petty stuff didn't really get to me. And if it did, I didn't show it. But at right. the same time, to defend Libra, Libra was on basically slop or that oatmeal thing for two weeks. So that'll drive someone crazy in itself. So I think that pushed Libra over the edge as well. But I'll tell you what, if, if I had to give an uh, underrated player award, it'd definitely go to Libra. Mad props to Libra, and, and a lot of people don't realize that because even on the after dark, you guys only see two or three hours. I don't know whatever the case may be, but things she would do every day is unbelievable. Yeah. And anybody, for anybody who has not eaten slop, I'm sorry, my my question was totally like. Somebody's like, I'm driving right now, and people are like screaming on the streets. I don't know, maybe it's because they know Dan's on the radio. I don't know. But anybody who has never touched or, you know, slop in their life, because, you know, unless you're on Big Brother, what is the description of slop? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What I really love yeah. Okay, for, for those people who haven't seen the show, there's food challenges, and if you don't win the food challenge, you're stuck on the slop. What slop is an equivalent to is things they try to feed pigs and, and farm animals and things like that. It's based off oatmeal. They put some other things into it. You can't do a whole lot with it. It's very grainy, very gritty, has a sandpaper-type feel. 
and that's the only thing you can eat for however long you're on it, usually a week. Lucky for me, I think I was on it maybe a day or two at most, but, I mean, it was miserable. I, I would not want to do that, and lucky for me, I didn't have to. There were some people in the house that had to go on it for three weeks. They ended up, I think someone had a, a total of 27 days on flop, no thanks. And uh, I was unfortunate. The one thing I didn't throw in the house ever were food challenges because I know food can affect people's moods, how they think, and I didn't want to have to deal with that. So luckily I never threw a food challenge, and, and I, we won pretty much all the ones that we were involved with as far as my team. Hmm. I've always I've always wondered what's – I mean, it always looked like oatmeal, but I was like, is it really like mud-infested intestines or something? <laughs> I mean, no, I really, it's not, I really it's not terrible, but it's not something that you'd order at a restaurant. It's not something you'd bring in your sto- your house and buy from the grocery store. If you ever had a chance to buy it, you would not buy it. You'd walk past it and, and you'd give it to your worst enemy. But it's, is it terrible? No. Is it eat- edible? No. But I just lucky for me, I didn't have to have a part of it. <laughs> well, another thing that we have to ask is sort of a after life after Big Brother question. There's a popular show on the E Network called The Soup. And, of course, take a look at the pop culture, and your show was definitely on the pop culture, pop culture list, one of which was Michelle and I believe it was Jace, Jace or Chase, I think it was Jace's name, doing the, I, I can't even explain it, the me, 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 whatever. What, what's your oh, yeah. on that? Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, Joe, Joe McHale is the host of that, correct? Talk yes. about one hilarious dude. That guy's got a great gig. He gets to make fun of people every day. And he does a great job at it. But I know the clip you're talking about. I had seen that. And, you know, I don't know. He did a top ten or something. Didn't that fall somewhere in his top ten? And that's, you can't make that stuff up. What they, Some of the things CBS aired is, is great television. And, and Soup and Joe McHale were lucky to pick that up. You were actually there when it happened. I mean, what were you thinking? Were you like, oh, my gosh, Michelle, what are you doing? Well, that's the thing that actually I we had a chance to talk to because what the challenge was and that what that clip on E centered around was the fact that they brought back old house guests and what they didn't show on the show was that we could fire questions to the old house guests even though we weren't supposed to we could say things to them quickly before we got cut off so I actually yelled at Jay hey Jace do you still make that weird noise and he did it and then for some reason after that Michelle made that weird noise and it was just kind of one of those things like. Did this just really happen, and is anyone else in the world going to see this? Because half the things in Big Brother, you don't know if it makes the show or whatever the case may be, and, and that was one of the things CBS aired, and I think that's one of the funniest things from the show. So that was totally one of the seeds planted by Dan, you know? <laughs> there. At the time, I didn't know it was going to be a hit, because you guys got to remember, I was a huge fan of the show, so when I saw all these people from the old seasons, I knew that Jace was funny because he made weird noises. You know, I knew that Boogie was a best player to play the game for the most part, you know, since you want all-stars. Each one of those people, they they were brought back to the house for a reason because they had memorable personalities. So we messed with all the the old house guests, but you didn't see a lot of that banter back and forth between us, unfortunately. Maybe that's why you won. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> if you were given the opportunity to do another reality reality show, would you do it? It depends on what it is. You know, there's a lot of reality shows on there that are, are centered around, um, uh, I don't know the correct way to place it. If it's centered around winning something and winning money or having a point to it, I would do that. Would I be part of a show that's centered around something like, uh, how do I say this 
appropriately. Would I go on a show like Rock of Love or something like that? Probably not. That's not really who I am. If if I can go on a show where I can compete and beat people at something or, you know, do something crazy and have fun, I'd do that definitely. But, uh, you know, you're probably not going to see me on a – I don't know. What's the female version of Rock of Love? Is there one? I don't know. I don't watch a lot of those shows anymore. Charm School, <laughs> I think. Charm School, yeah. Charm yeah, School? I don't know. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I, for, I don't watch a lot of television. I don't I don't really know what's going on. I don't follow reality te- television too much, especially now. Oh, everyone says uh, they don't so watch busy. TV. Come no, on. What's that? <laughs> everyone says they don't watch TV. Every single person that's been on the show says they don't watch TV. Come on. I really don't. I'll tell you, here's what I watch, and I haven't even watched yet. I usually watch Lost. I'm a big fan of Lost, but... I haven't even had time to watch that. I'm going to have to go online and watch that, even though it's not on CBS. Sorry, CBS. Um, and I did catch, my sister was watching the other day. I stopped by her house. She was watching the Tool Academy, and that's a pretty funny show. I have to admit that. I saw maybe 10 minutes of that, and I was laughing my tail off because they definitely have some tools on that show. <laughs> but they're, from my understanding, they're changing those tools so they're not tools. So it's a positive show. I like to watch positive things on those. Mm. That's pretty cool. I've never seen it before, so it's 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 new to me. So I never checked. So you're you're teaching me something new there. So and you actually said something that actually what was was a great point. You know, you said you like positive shows, you like positive things, and I read on your biography like you like to motivate young kids. That's I, that's why you're a motivational speaker. You like to you basically like to get them up and out. Basically, you know what I mean. Yeah, I like to get the kids moving, doing, focusing on positive things, doing good things from themselves and the community. You know, a lot of the kids that I teach will come back and tell me stories about, oh, we saw this on TV or this on TV. I said, and I try to tell them, hey, if you're going to watch TV, watch something positive. Or better yet, go out and do something positive with your friends. And, and a lot of these kids get beat down, whether emotionally or whatever the case may be, through, through things they see on television. I'm not here to preach, but a lot of these kids need to realize their potential and things they can do if they put their mind to it, you know, and, and that's what I'm trying to, I, I try to do that every day with my students that I teach, and when I go speak at these schools and, and even businesses, you, a lot of people can do a lot more than they ever thought. If I would have had a mindset that if I'm never going to be able to get on a reality television show because I'm 5'9", 155 pounds, I wouldn't have won. You know, I put myself out there, and, and I try to encourage people to do the same thing. It's not an easy thing, but once you keep putting yourself out there and out there for various things, and not just television, but you know, running a blog talk radio show. I'm, you guys had to make a decision. You wanted to do that. You know, when people wake up and they go to college or whatever they want to do, they, they're going to be faced with a decision where they can put themselves out there to do something great oh, if right. they choose to. You know, but sometimes people, you know, need that little extra push, and, and that's what I'm trying to do with, uh, you know, my motivational speaking. That's did you grow up, like, you grew up, did you grow up in an area where you saw kids that weren't pushing themselves, they were just sitting back being lazy? Yeah, definitely. You did? Definitely. And and it took someone to tell me, hey, you're capable of doing these things too. And in my case, it was a teacher that I had. said, hey, you know what, you're capable of doing great things. You just have to try. And he said, you may not succeed the first time, but just keep trying. Keep trying new things and putting yourself out there. What's the worst that could happen? You know, I tell kids, kids come up to me all the time, oh, how do I get on a television show? How do I do this? And ask someone for help. You know, there's a lot of people, believe it or not, that are willing to help. You just have to go out and ask people. And that's kind of one of the, the themes that's centered in my talk is that if you ask people for help, they're more than likely going to help you. It takes a lot of courage to ask someone for help, especially someone you don't know. 
But if you can do that, there's a lot of people that are in this world that are willing to help you achieve whatever you want to achieve. The worst thing that can happen is that they'll say no. But you exactly. won't know unless you go out and try it. You know, it's just, everybody's afraid to try something new. I mean, look at you. I mean, you went, you went and did Big Brother in the tenth season, and look how far you've come from that. I mean, you were already, you were already doing your thing. You were already a teacher. You were already a speaker. Even before that, this was just something that you wanted to get out. This is something that you wanted to do, and look what you did. I mean, you know, lots of people look up to you. I mean, you, I can pretty much say you are a role model for others. You know, they look up to you and go, like, if this guy can do it, why the hell can't I? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I appreciate you saying that because I'm not – there's no difference between me and someone else, you know, in the street or me and students that I meet. You know, it's just a little bit of thinking, yes, you can do something. Yes, you can get this done. But you know, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you, you think I'm a role model, and I, and I hope some kids were able to watch the show and realize, hey, you know, you can do these things, and, and if you really want to, get after it. You know, there's no reason why you can't do whatever you want. Those were definitely some very inspirational words, and I I can't believe time just flew by. But, Dan, if you have listened to our show and you've done your research, then you know that we do like to have our guests, most of our guests, <laughs> have our guests most for us, and I, I'm, I would be honored to have you do one for us. You can say something like, hey, this is Dan, the, the winner of Big Brother 10, and you are listening to Buzzworthy Radio. You ready? Yes, let's do this. All right. You guys ready on your end? We're ready. I am. All right. This is Dan Giesling, winner of CBS's Big Brother 10, and I listen to Buzzworthy Radio every single day, so you should too. Enjoy it. Sweet. We will totally use that. Nice. That just made me feel really good inside. (laughs) It really did. That's awesome. Thank you right, so much. I hope I didn't get too preachy with you guys. I, I really, you know, once oh. we get talking about motivating kids, I just get fired up and and I kind of stand. I was standing up, and as as I was telling you guys, this, you know, I get fired up when I talk about motivating kids, and and hopefully well, I didn't come off the, too, you know, preachy because I, I don't like doing that. That's the point. We got we get you talking. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you're doing something right. You're not. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't apologize for it. We're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. So there you go. All right, guys. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Hopefully you still listen to us. We'd love to have you come back. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So, Navelle, when are we on next? All right. We are going to be available. Listen to me. Available. Um, it looks like we are going to be available on Friday with Ms. Beth Chamberlain, who is going to be making her second appearance on this show. Pretty cool. Oh, wait, 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 change, 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 change in time. Uh, fortunately, um, we are going to be pushing it back a day, so it will be Thursday now. Oh, Thursday? What time? What time? At nine. I'm still doing a show, dude. I'll be, like, in the middle of Act 2 when you're doing the show. Come on. I want to talk to Beth Chamberlain. I know, I know. And you missed the first time, I know. Yeah, see if you can, like, maybe push it to, like, 10.30? I don't know. Or maybe, like, 6 o'clock? No, dude, you're too late. She's got kids, remember? 6 o'clock, total of time. She's Easter said, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure she can do it. We'll, we'll, yeah, this is, this is, we'll talk off, off, you know, on the phone. But uh, I want to thank 
uh, everybody who called in today, everybody who listened twice today, you, you diehard Buzzworthians, I definitely want to thank Dan from Big Brother 10. That was really cool talking to him here as motivational speaking. You can definitely hear his voice. He definitely likes to be uh, a preacher. He should be a preacher in a way. Look out, all you know, seriously, all you need to look out because he might have a preacher. Another preacher might be on his way. But I also want to thank my uh, my co-host, Navelle J. Lee. Thank you for another successful show. <laughs> thank you. Check out dangeesling.com. That's his official website. You can check out his Choose to Win trailer, which is part of his motivational speaking thing. So uh, make sure you check that out. There's a video on there about that. So check it out at dangeesling.com. That's Dan, G-H-E-E-S-L-I-N-G.com. And from all of you... From all of you listeners out there, this is Matthew Preston of LJ Lee signing off here on Buzzworthy Radio, making sure that you get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. See you guys. Take care. <laughs>